Hello and welcome to this week's Unreported World podcast with me, Krishnan Gurumurthy. This week we're in Cairo with Ramita Navai as she investigates why sexual harassment in Egypt has recently become even more prevalent. With ordeals ranging from groping to mob rapes, a staggering 46% of Egyptian women surveyed in 2010 said they were harassed every day. Motivated by her own terrible attack, one young woman now organises street escorts and fights back. Inside one of the demonstrations that have filled Cairo's streets since the revolution two years ago, scores of men are ripping off the clothes of a solitary woman and sexually assaulting her. This attack on a foreign woman was caught on camera. But we've discovered that every Egyptian woman is at risk. Women were at the forefront of the revolution that brought democracy. wanted to know why women are being treated like this now. I went to meet a woman who had survived such an attack. Nihal Zaklul told me she'd been at a protest in Tahrir Square with a friend. It started out with a circle around us of five, and then it just increased of pushing, and then suddenly someone grabbed me. My butt, basically. What, there's a crowd of men and they're all trying to grab at you? Yeah, pulling my veil and pulling my clothes. Trying to strip your clothes off. Nihal escaped, but her friend did not. Her clothes were completely torn and she was on the floor crying. She said that there were about 50, all ages. She said that there were about 50, all ages. She said that they stripped her clothes naked. They had fingers everywhere. They pulled her from the hair. They pinned her down on the floor. And they finger raped her, basically. Nihal's friend sustained internal injuries and couldn't walk for a week. She's since fled Egypt. Nihal, too, was severely traumatized. For the first week, I was crying, for the first week, I was crying myself to sleep every night. But seriously, I can never forget her face. I can never forget how she looked like. That's like an image that those men have created for me, and I'm always going to be remembering it. The attack changed Nihal's life. She now dedicates as much time as she can to stopping this happening to other women. We're meeting Nihal in the offices of Harassmap. It's an anti-sexual harassment movement that started to collect reports of sexual assaults and harassment. Now, we're coming here in the evening because nearly all their volunteers are unpaid and they've got day jobs. Kind of scattered around situation that Harassmap allows women to log all forms of sexual harassment, 
and that included the experiences of many in the room. Do you find that most of the people that come to join this movement have been so sexually harassed? Most people in Egypt have been sexually harassed. Most people in Egypt have been sexually harassed. So was that the motivating factor for you? Yes and no. Like it's a, it's a started as yes, yes and no. It started as yes because on that day that I was harassed, I couldn't punish whoever did this to me. And also because I have sisters and I have a mother and I have friends, female friends. Why do they have to go through the same shit basically that I'm going through? In the last two years, the team has received over 900 reports from women across the country. Leila El Rafai is collating the statistics. So that's the map of Egypt. Right. Right. That big dot right here mm -hmm. is Cairo, Greater Cairo. Okay. And then you see we have reports from all over Egypt. Women are reporting groping. Somebody reported rape. Now, what's the most interesting thing that this data is telling you? This data tells us that it's everywhere. And it does exist. And you can't run from it. The women believe only a fraction of cases are reported. And you need to tell their parents that a lot of people would be shy to like tell their father. Yeah. You know, like, so this is almost like a taboo subject, even though it's happening to everybody. Yeah, they might get in trouble, depending on the family and like, the guy's mentality, you know, the father's mentality. It's upsetting. But Harassmap is making it much better. <laughs> Harassmap is a vital source of information on attacks because few women go to the authorities. I met with a 21-year-old student, Dina Rashed, who's been the victim of several assaults. I was taking the subway uh, to downtown. I found someone tells me, you're a whore, and he, then he touched me. He touched your body, touched yeah, your breast. Touched uh, my whole body, the whole body. Dina managed to alert a nearby police officer, but he refused to help. He said to me, it's not his fault, it's your fault, because you are dressing like that. You are dressing too tight. Um, you are wearing makeup and you don't have the right to do that. Um, your hair is not covered, so he put all the blame on me. If you were attacked again, would you go to the police? No. because. Just like I said, I lost all hope about the policemen and the state of law. Only two men have ever been prosecuted under sexual harassment laws. As we drank our tea, I realized a woman was being assaulted by a group of teenagers. Just like you saw now, this is the kind of... What are they saying? Well, they're catcalling. I was beginning to look at Cairo streets with new eyes. Minutes later, while we were still sitting at the cafe, I saw two frightened girls being chased by another group of teenage boys. Follow them, quick, it's a pack of guys. I think it's harassment. It's harassment. Yeah. Boys ran away after Sammy, her. You... They're running after her. How many groups of boys have we seen? We've seen uh, three. Three yeah. big groups of boys, and you can see nobody even has batted an eyelid. Nobody's done anything. As Dina and I walked to the metro, she told me what men were saying to us. Just looking at you with a 
He was looking at you with a filthy look. Disgusting. Yes, disgusting. Yes, it's disgusting. Someone said to me... Someone said to me, blonde hair. In our country, coloured hair, she's a prostitute. In the space of a few hundred yards, we were called whores over a dozen times. I feel exhausted. Oh, me too. <laughs> really, I haven't experienced anything quite like this, where it's every, nearly every single man we walked past just looked at us in a really intimidating, sexually aggressive way, and it's really dehumanising. I feel filled with rage at the moment, and it's one of the few times, I think it's the only time in my life where I've been really happy not to understand the local language. From the streets and from the alleys, from the churches and the mosques, woman's voice is revolution. Woman's voice is revolution. We met up with Nihal again at a demonstration against sexual harassment outside the presidential palace. I reckon there must be at least a couple of hundred people here now. You can also see there are loads of cameras, lots of the media, the press is here, because sexual harassment has become such a hot topic in Egypt at the moment. The revolution has allowed the Egyptian media to raise the issue of sexual harassment, which was rarely mentioned in public before. The recently elected Muslim Brotherhood have said they'll investigate the problem. Woman's voice is rising and rising. They also have their own clear line on the subject. They emphasize a woman's place is at home, not on the streets. They encourage women to cover up as much as possible. I was learning that many men blame women for being harassed. We're overhearing a conversation at the moment. It's a guy who's come to say that women should watch what they wear and it's the fault of women that they're being sexually harassed. I'm against women who say, don't harass me, and then wear things that arouse young men. Even an old man of 60 would be turned on by a woman dressed disreputably. And then she stands here and says no to harassment when she is actually wearing things that stimulate men's desires. As I stand here talking to you wearing these trousers, do I arouse your sexual desire? No, you are an old lady with all due respect. You are an older woman. Yet the more women I talked to, the more they told me that dress has little to do with being a target. I wear the niqab, and yet they still harass me. They talk about clothing, but what about those who wear the niqab? They are bad people who think bad things. It's not about what one wears. I tell you I wear the niqab, and still they try to pull it off me. The group that had organized the protest took me to a meeting they were holding in Stabilanta, one of the poorest neighborhoods in Cairo. No men were allowed in the room, as women from two very different worlds shared very similar stories. Have any of you here had an incident that you can never forget, for instance, when you were young? I had just signed my wedding papers and got on the bus with my husband. We were on the bus and there was a guy standing next to me 
and it was such a weird situation. I found this weird thing getting erect next to me. I was married, so I knew what it was. So there was this kind of rod next to me. I was shocked something was touching my body. One woman passed on a good trick to fend off harassers. My sister gave me this big needle. She told me, if anyone comes near you, stab him with the needle. I swear the guy was trailing behind me, screaming in pain from the needle. My sister took off her slipper and started beating him, and he never touched me. Since we've got here, I've really wanted to talk to men who harass women. Unsurprisingly, no one so far has been willing to admit this on camera, but we've met a group of friends who said they will be filmed and they've agreed to talk about it. A local journalist had put me in touch with three men from his conservative neighborhood on the outskirts of Cairo. Mahmoud, Mohammed and Khaled are in their early 20s. They're unmarried, have steady jobs, and work in the evenings as DJs for weddings. How far does it go? We Egyptian men might do something wrong. However, our conscience will kick in. A guy might touch part of her body, but it doesn't get to a point where I'd pull at her clothes or strip her or something like that. It doesn't reach that stage here. Maybe some touching might happen. Only touching. The touching won't be for pleasure. There is no pleasure in touching a girl. It's more like a way of punishing her. The girl attracts him. Her look can attract the guy to make him look at her and engage with her one way or another. Girls with hijabs are also being assaulted. Why do you think that is? Just because a girl is wearing the veil doesn't mean she is devout. She might have been made to wear it. It's reached a point where we can't tell the difference between girls we can flirt with and girls we can't. I want you to be honest with me. So, what about the way I'm dressed? I'm going to stand up so you can see. Would I be to blame if I got groped or assaulted by a big mob like this? You're cute, but if you're talking about clothes, I might view you a certain way because you're not wearing the veil. We are now in a posh area, so it would be normal to see a girl dressed like you. But if a girl dressed like this in our area, people will ask, why are you going out dressed like that? Even though the three friends have jobs, like most young men in their neighborhood, they can't afford to get married. If a guy is unemployed, knows he's never going to get married, or it's going to be a very long time before he gets married, of course he's going to harass a girl. He'll get what he wants by force. He can't stop himself. The shocking thing about that conversation is that they're all really polite and educated young men, but they have absolutely no sense of responsibility. As far as they're concerned, these women are to blame entirely for their behavior. Yet I couldn't understand how these views, as unpleasant as I found them, could escalate into mob attacks. Wael Abbas is a leading journalist. He's regularly sent mobile phone footage of attacks. 
<gasps> oh my goodness. They've the ripped off her clothes. So upsetting. Wow. I mean, it's, it's like a pack of wild dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ripping apart a piece of meat. I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's a jungle where there's no presence of law or justice or police or any regulations. It's like that. According to Wael, mob attacks can be traced back to 2005 in the time of the old Mubarak regime. He said while male protesters were beaten up, female dissidents got a different treatment. And what Mubarak did was not use security, but he used criminals, he used thugs that targeted women and assaulted them sexually. Back so you, then, it was, you witnessed this? I was witness, I've seen it. Sexual harassment was used as a weapon, as a tool against these women protesters. Do you think that this has had an influence over what's happening now? Maybe, maybe. It was, it was a start. And it, 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 I think it, 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 it encourages people to, to do similar stuff because it's very common uh, that when people get away with their crimes, others will, will pursue the same approach. Even though Mubarak's regime is gone, the sex mob attacks around Tahrir Square on female protesters seem to be increasing. I wanted to speak to men who had taken part in such attacks. I think I finally got a lead. One of our contacts says he knows men in his neighborhood who he says are involved. Many poor parts of Cairo are controlled by gangs, and it's here where men are recruited for mobs. We met a gangster who allowed us into his area to meet some of them. We're in the old city, it's in the south of Cairo, and it's a religious, traditional area. Now, we've been told we've got very limited time here because the locals are very suspicious of foreigners. We're going to stop filming in a minute. We're going to be taken somewhere secluded to meet a man that our contact says has been paid to sexually assault women. During the revolution, we would be asked to go out and do stuff. And what are you told to do exactly? Go out and sexually harass girls. Go out and hassle them and try to touch them to the point they'd leave the demonstration. We were taking money to do these things. Are you still being paid to sexually harass women? In the last couple of days, this last Friday, they tried to lure us with money. To be honest, money is tight now, so we agreed to do these things. Who's paying you to sexually assault women? I would be lying if I told you I knew who's paying me. I don't know. Another man explained he was often hired to attack women as part of a gang of 65. He got paid between 10 and 20 pounds a time. Who's paying you? We don't know. Someone just gives us money and says, let's go. We were working under Mubarak's regime during elections whenever women speak out. And we're still doing it now during elections. Who do you think is paying you now? People of high rank. They don't want the revolution to succeed. They want disorder, not revolution. 
The people in the area were scared of these men, and I was glad to leave. They wouldn't reveal their new paymasters. Some victims assure Islamists are now behind the attacks. That Friday, veteran activist Afaf El-Sayed was assaulted in Tahrir Square. Her arm was still in a sling. One of them hit me here. The other one tried to harass me. He tried to grope my breast, and then I punched him with my fist like this. Afaf, who are these thugs? Who are these men? who were carrying out these sexual assaults. They were a group of six from the Muslim Brotherhood. They were trying to punish women by sexually harassing them, especially female activists, so they would stay away from the square or be afraid to come here. This is targeted harassment, either by the religious factions to scare us into going home, or the remnants of the old regime to terrorize and silence us. Afaf is not alone in accusing the Muslim Brotherhood of orchestrated attacks on women that day. The Muslim Brotherhood made an official statement. It accepted that thugs did attack protesters, but said they were imposters wearing their party T-shirts and that genuine Muslim Brotherhood activists were also targeted. It seems to me that the revolution gave so many women here a voice, but with these freedoms have come threats. It takes huge courage for women to continue to protest when there's such a high risk of falling victim to sexual violence. The reasons behind sexual harassment and assault in Egypt are complex, but what's clear is society's attitude to women is at the heart of it, and this has allowed political groups to use it as a tool of intimidation. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you? Fine, how are you? Nihal fears the threats to women are having the intended effect. So women are now scared of going to Tahrir Square. What happened, what happened to, to me on Tahrir, me and my friends, they completely destroyed this symbol for me. For me, to go there always brings out these memories and I hate to go there. Do you think that makes a difference to the movement? Of course. Of course it does. How? Because if they're starting to segregate women, they're starting to segregate women from protests. They're starting to segregate women from the revolution. And how does it make you feel to think that all the men that did this to you are still out there? That's the reason I'm fighting, because they're still out there. That's the reason I'm fighting, because they're still out there, and I don't know if they're doing it to somebody else that I don't know about. So the fact that they're out there motivates me that someday I'll get you for what you did to us. Women like Nihal will resist any attempt to silence them. But as more women are scared away from protests, they may be harder to hear. If you've enjoyed this week's Unreported World podcast and want to further explore the internationally available programme archive, visit the website at channel4.com slash unreportedworld. Here you'll also find information on how to join us on Twitter and Facebook, feature articles, video extras and more. On next week's podcast, Marcel Theroux brings us news of Putin's most high-profile critics, the socialites led by the former reality star Xenia Sobchak. Until then, from me, Krishnan Gurumurthy, goodbye. <laughs>